the unsurpassed penetrating perfect truth is seldom met with, even in a hundred thousand myriad kalpas. Now we can see and hear it, we can remember and accept it. I vow to make the Buddha's truth one with myself. Homage to the Buddha, homage to the Dharma, homage to the Sangha. So it's really, it's nice to see you all. I haven't been here for a while. I was in England for three weeks, in Latvia and Lithuania for a week, and then out at our hermitage for a month. So I've been around. <laughs> yeah, last, uh, <coughs> last night I woke up in the middle of the night um, needing to go to, to the bathroom, and I didn't know where I was. <laughs> I know literally... I thought it was at the Hermitage. So I, I, went, I went for the light, you know, where it is there. Well, there wasn't any light there. And then I was trying to think, where am I? And so I, <laughs> I kind of went around, and I'm, I'm blind, as, really blind in the dark. And um, anyway, I didn't get hurt. I didn't trip over anything, and it was all fine. But it was interesting. Okay. Well, but it's nice to see you all. So what I'm going to talk about today is the mind and the heart. Um, sometimes uh, we use these interchangeably. It's actually a bit confusing. Um, but actually, there's a difference in the two. So I'm talking about mind with a small m. Okay? And sometimes we combine them both and we call it heart-mind. But I just call the mind the mind. <laughs> you know, the mind up here and the heart, wherever it is, the heart. Okay? Um, part of my uh, religious name is the word shin. Well, shin, Chinese, Japanese, means uh, heart. Um, and actually, the Chinese-Japanese character for our order, the order of Buddhist contemplatives, so we have the ship and three drums, okay? Uh, that's actually sh the character for shin. It's just been righted a bit. Usually, it's tilted. So anyway, and it's interesting. And... and um, the, the three drums, if you don't know what those are, shipping three drums are, are love, compassion, and wisdom. And the idea is to bring them to bring them along with all beings to the other shore. And I think that love, compassion, and wisdom are very much uh, qualities of the, what I call the heart. Okay? So let's talk a bit about the mind. A mind is a wonderful thing. Okay? Um, but uh, as with emotions, sensations, perceptions, feelings, it can't always be trusted. Uh, at least I find that. Uh, it isn't always accurate, although it can be very convincing. This is the mind. Okay? Uh, we often say, don't believe everything you think, or, or, or you really have to watch your mind. So we you know, stress that about knowing the contents of your mind and what's going on up there. <laughs> but the mind is a sense organ, okay? the way we view it in Buddhism. Um, like our eyes, ears, nose, tongue, and body. Okay? Sense organs pick up information, and then a lot of it is actually sent to the mind to sort out. Okay? Uh, and this can be very beneficial uh, because um, it can, our sense organs can warn us of danger, um, 
we can hear a cry for help with our ears. Uh, we can smell smoke where there could be fire. Uh, and we can taste food, and, and in tasting food, we can sometimes tell whether it's good or bad. You know, it might not be a good idea to eat something because it's so old and we didn't know that until we tasted it. So, so the, the sense organs, the mind and these sense organs, really have a value. Uh, the mind balances things. It reasons. It figures things out. It recalls memories and stories. Uh, and it makes decisions based on information and perceptions that it has. Which again, you know, can be a good thing, and then it, 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 it cannot be so, so good. The, the mind is actually the great discriminator, um, and if we're not careful, the mind can begin to separate us from our world. I, I, I can do that in an instant. I can separate myself from people in particular and feel that I'm different or, you know, an, an individual that's so different than other people. Um, the mind, uh, unchecked, can start to create an us and a them, um, good and bad, past and future. Okay? And, and we can actually become very burdened and troubled as a consequence of, of how the mind is looking at things and, and are getting involved with it. But, you know, as we know, it's not the mind itself that's the problem. It's what we do with the mind. Uh, that will help or harm our Buddhist practice. Um, in, in the Platform Sutra, Venerable Weenang says that a straightforward mind is the place of enlightenment. I like that, just straightforward, not all complicated, because the mind can get really complicated, but a straightforward mind. He also says that meditation is not sitting motionless and having a completely blank mind. He calls, this, he calls that one practice samadhi or empty-minded zen. Okay. So if we're trying to get our mind so just a complete blank, I think people, especially in the early days of Zen, confused the meditation process with, you know, nothing going on upstairs. Well, good luck, you know. It, the, the mind doesn't work that way. Um, Anjan Cha said that our problem is that, is that we don't want anything going on in our mind. Yeah, because we could be disturbed or thrown off or, you know, whatever. Um, and he called it the vacant state or tree stump samadhi. <laughs> and the thing is, the mind is going to think. That's its job. That's what it's going to do. I mean, obviously, you can tone it down and the like. And, and through um, meditation, we, we quiet the mind down. We don't shove it out. You know, we quiet it down. And we find a deeper source of wisdom. This is my whole point of the talk. And this is where the heart comes in. Okay. Um, so I'm not talking here about the physical heart. Uh, where the heart resides in the body, the spiritual heart, I don't know. You know. There was this thing when I was growing, I grew up as a Catholic, about where the soul was in the body and that you could chop the body up and you couldn't find the soul, but the soul was still there. Well, I don't think it's that big of a deal, quite frankly, but, but, but the heart is there. And I think many of us have had glimpses of the heart, especially as a child. Um, but then we get uh, what I'm going to call improperly educated. Um, 
there's group pressure in our life, competition, uh, and then there's making a living and surviving. And, and we kind of get, get away from the heart because we're just trying to survive and get through. But it doesn't serve us so well. Okay. Uh, we lose touch with the heart. And we're living from the head, our feelings, our perceptions, and our emotions. Um, but if we give ourselves the opportunity to take some time and patiently cultivate a practice like meditation, uh, we can co- become connected anew with our heart. Because the heart hasn't gone anywhere. It's just that we're not in touch with it. You know, it hasn't gone anywhere. I think also when we study the Buddhist precepts, this helps us open up our heart. Because the Buddhist precepts are about how we as people should live our lives. You know, they're not, they're not a, a rule of do's and don'ts, but they're just pointing to karma and karmic consequence. And what do we really want to do with our lives? Um, I think that meditation and precepts are the guiding lights of the heart. They, they, they get us in touch with us, they keep us on track. Um, when I talk about the heart, the heart includes emotions. You know, we're, we're human beings, we're going to not, not have emotions, or if we try to stuff our emotions all the time, that's not the best idea. But the heart's not emotional. Okay? So it includes emotion, includes emotions, but it's not emotional. It can includes feelings, but it's not pushed around by feelings. It includes the mind, but it has deeper wisdom than the mind. Um, I just kind of reflecting on our our world today and thinking back a ways, especially with today being Veterans Day, um, there, there are many brilliant people in our world. I mean, really, truly brilliant people. I do not count myself as one of those, but they're truly brilliant people. Um, And still, the fires of greed, hate, and delusion are seemingly ablaze, stronger than ever, or or as strong as ever in our world. Um, In this 21st century, we are still plagued by terrible, vicious conflict, fighting, and wars. I mean, it's just like 21st century. When do we learn? So the First World War was supposed to be the war to end all wars. If you know a little bit about its history, you know all these people in Europe, they were related to each other, all these different heads of country. And they thought it would be good to go to war to kind of you know, get out there and shake out the rust. And you know, it'd, last for, it'd last till Christmas time, and then everybody would go home. Well, that's not what happened. It, does, it isn't what happens in war. Uh, yeah, and, 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 it, and it, it wasn't the war to end all wars. That's why we have Veterans Day, because Veterans Day was originally Armistice Day from World War One, eleventh, eleventh month, eleventh day, eleventh hour. Okay, but then they, we realized after a while we were fighting again, and we had World War Two, and um, so it was changed to Veterans Day to make it more inclusive. And, and now I think it's somewhat known as Veterans Appreciation Day. Because I think, I think it's a good thing that we do appreciate those people who, you know, 
went into awful situations to do what they think was right to defend their country. But anyway, um, in this world of samsara and suffering, you know, these things go on. But I, I kind of have to ask the question, does there have to be a repeating of the same horrors over and over again? It's like we don't learn. Okay? Um, we used our brilliant minds to figure out an atomic bomb. Uh, and it's left us with the threat of nuclear war and disaster. So it's like, is that a good idea? I don't know. Um, Personally, I think it might be better if we used our brilliant minds to benefit humankind. Um, And actually, as we all know, there are a lot of people out there doing good things in our world. It's just sometimes we we hear about the horrors and we don't hear about the, the good things that people are doing. And there are a lot of people doing incredible things. Um, but I would say that if the mind isn't balanced with the heart, we're probably just showing, slowing down our progress in our world. Um, kind of my thing is that uh, it'd be a lot better if we got in touch with our hearts and not so dependent on our, our minds and our rationale. Because the heart is actually selfless. Um, it doesn't need to fight for itself. That's what the self does. It fights for itself. It's this, you know, endless repetition and battle. Uh, the heart wants to help and benefit all beings. Okay? The heart will help us break down the walls of separation. So this is the thing in our world now. We're really separated. Um, and, and, but if, if we look to the heart, we can help break that down. The best way I know to live from the heart is to practice the precepts and meditation in our, in our everyday lives. And I really underline the everyday, in our everyday lives, okay? Because that's where it is. It's in our everyday lives. Um, I think that religion uh, should be about living in harmony. Um, and, and in harmony with our sameness and our difference, and accepting that and finding a way to live each other as opposed to making religion, yet again, another reason why we have to struggle with each other. Um, So sitting, standing, walking, lying down, we can express the heart in our everyday life. It's nothing special. I don't think it's kind of this, you know, gooey, gooey, whatever, emotional thing. Um, It's just living an ordinary life but we're in touch with the true reality when we are in touch with our hearts. The true reality being, for us Buddhists, our Buddha nature. So in Mahayana Buddhism, we have the expression bodhicitta. Okay? And citta is the mind, and the mind is aimed at awakening. Awakening is bodhi. And the idea is to awaken with wisdom and compassion for the benefit of all beings. So in that sense, I can see combining mind and heart, bodhicitta, because it's the, it's, the it's the mind with the big M. Okay? And I read an interesting um, article on, online by Jack Cornfield down in the Bay Area. Um, what's this center called? Uh, Spirit Rock, yeah. yeah. Okay? Um, 
and he, he's writing he wrote this article about the mind and the heart, and he says in it um, that the jewel in the lotus is the translation of the universal is the translation of the universal compassion mantra, Om Mani Padme Um. While it has many <coughs> meanings, one explanation of its symbolism is that compassion arises when the jewel of the mind rests in the lotus of the heart. The awakened mind has a diamond-like clarity. When this clear insight rests in the heart's tender compassion, both dimensions of our liberation are fulfilled. I, I kind of like that. And, and, and the thing is, I think that we can we can bring this into our world now. It's not like, you know, we have to have some special degree or intelligence or uh, whatever, you know. We can bring it into our world now. And if we do that, the world will be a better place. And, and it's kind of up to us individually to just find ways to start doing that and, and breaking down the separation and barriers. Okay, thank you. <laughs>